Hello and welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. I want to thank you for reserving this hour with me, where I will help you understand the stories we live by, where we'll discover more of an honest voice together, and where we will share our stories. Today, I'm really encouraging you to think about the idea that you've got some really, really, really great ideas about writing, but guess what? I do too. So if you want to know mine, why don't you think about calling in here? My number is 1-888-298-5569. You can always write to me. My email is Debbie, D-E-B-B-Y at CoachDebbie.com. You can connect with me on Facebook. And what a lot of people do is they send in a text to Facebook Messenger. And that's my my regular Facebook page, Debbie Handrich, just like it sounds. D-E-B-B-Y-H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. And you can send questions there. Uh, Before the show, I noticed that Noah had already written in, so we'll be getting to you today. And uh, I saw the little squiggly uh, with somebody else was typing in. So at least two questions, but I would love to have more, and I'd love to be able to serve you in this way. What are your questions about some top writing tips to living a good writer's life. Many of you know that I started teaching literature and essay writing at the college level here in Seattle, Washington, and it's been about 22 years now. And while I fell in love with every single student that sat in my classrooms, I didn't necessarily fall in love with all the rules around education. I tried, but I didn't. So I'm out here as an entrepreneur, loving it, and really helping people at this stage writing their books. I do a fair amount of editing and introducing people to the blogging life and really introducing people to their their truest expression of their brand. But what I love to do and I mean love to do, is go back into that heroic journey where your story began and you realized that you really had something to share. You've journeyed through something that maybe at one point was um, just kind of embarrassing, or maybe you thought it was even common, or maybe you thought it was reckless. Or maybe it was romantic. Who knows? But at some point, you started to recognize your triumph in it. Or maybe you got a hold of me and I told you there was one. But regardless, when you are on a journey and you are writing about it, you're going through what we call the hero's journey. And if you ask me, being in touch with that heroic journey, that heroic writing journey you're on, allows you to be really expressive 
and share your triumphs and share your trans transformations with an audience. And, and that's what I'm here to help you do. I offer a 90-day accelerator course if you want to make sure that you get through the beginning, middle, and the end of your book in 90 days. You can check that out at www.coachdebbie.com. And there will be a little place on the Connect page where you can fill out a couple questions and we'll start talking and figuring out if it's the one-on-one program or the 90-day program that might work best for you. So, once again, I invite you, if you have a question about, you know, what are some of those top secrets to writing to live in a great life, I encourage you to write in today. You don't have to be a writer. Don't intimidate yourself with that idea. You don't have to be published. Don't don't squirm away if that's not your experience. We might just be talking about you and your journal, you and your love letters, you and your post-it notes, you and that little mind that keeps going and going and going with ideas that want to meet the page. Whatever it is, I would love to answer your questions. Before we go any further, I would like to say hello to Eric. He is the engineer for my show. Eric, how are you today? I'm doing okay. It's a beautiful day here in the Seattle area, and so can't complain. It is a beautiful day in the Seattle area, and were you out in the beautiful weather that we've been having lately? Yeah, this weekend I got out and did a little dog walking, so. Oh, yeah, that counts. That counts. Very good. Very good. For those of you who don't know, Seattle had a record-breaking day of, was it 79 degrees last week? Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was very nice. Unfortunately for me, that was on like a Tuesday, so I, I missed out on getting out in that perfect kayaking weather, but uh, it was a nice weekend still, and Looks like another nice weekend ahead. Yes, yes. I know the gods don't always get it right. They pick a Tuesday instead of a Saturday or something like that. But still, we had one. Yeah. Right? All those folks, folks that work on the weekend and have their Tuesday off, I'm sure they, they really got a kick out of it. Yeah, you lucky dogs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Seattle's Seattle's gone through a lot of changes, and so there was a time when if you wanted 79-degree weather, you had to book your flight in July or August because you weren't going to get it any other time of the year. Forget it. But now we're, we're uh, are we benefiting from global warming? Is it, is it fair to call it that? It's starting to look that way. And I have to tell you, I... I saw that things were changing in Seattle, and so I got myself a little tiny itty-bitty beach house on the water. It's in the West Seattle area where I offer writing workshops, and they are by invitation only, and they are for the person that really wants to dive into memoir writing. What is a memoir? It's some important facet, some important theme from your life that you're going to focus on. It doesn't have to be your whole life. 
but it's some sort of theme that has inspired you or taught you or changed you or challenged you. Maybe it was the time in your life where you dealt with an addiction. Maybe it was the time in your life where you assisted your mother. Maybe she went through a, a, a phase at the end of her life with Alzheimer's. Those are two stories I've worked with. Maybe it was a time in your life where you were transitioning back to the real you you knew. I worked with a woman who had Hashimoto's disease and came back from poor health. Maybe it was a time when you had a baby or you had a doggie or just anything, a time that you want to share about, but really a time where you felt you were changed. I offer workshops right here in West Seattle, and sometimes we get a beautiful, stunning day in the middle of March or April or May or September or October. And it's a great, great environment for writers to come together. I keep them very, very intimate. So if you're curious, again, my website, coachdebbie.com, and just click on connect and we will get rolling. So without further ado, I want to talk to you about some tips for better writing, for great writing, for a great day. My number one, number one, number one tip is that you have to commit to having a journal. Now, a lot of people spaz (laughs) when I say journal because they think, ah, I can't write every day. I can't, I can't have it be in a, a book that might be read. I can't, what if I lose it? I'm going to tell you a little bit about my journal life. It goes back to the age of 10. That was the first time I was given a journal, and it was Christmas. It was from my Grandma Berkey, and it had a lock on it with a little key. I swear to God, I still have that little key. The lock's broken, so it doesn't matter. But I have that little key. There was no way I was ever going to lose that thing. And I had a few hiding places for it. Turns out the neighbor girl did read it one day. But, you know, other than that, when I was 10 years old, I I just want to let you know that wasn't yesterday. I'm 53. That was a long time ago. To the best of my knowledge, only one little spy that lived next door got her hands on it. And that thing saved me. I didn't have to go to it every day. I didn't have to tell it my deepest secrets, although I could, and I certainly did. I didn't have to be profound. I didn't have to spell right. I didn't have to use correct grammar. I didn't have to speak in English if I didn't want to. If I was learning new Spanish words, I could put them in there. You know, as I learned how to cuss, I put all those great words in there. Didn't want to forget that. There was some sort of clout you had when you're about eh, about 9, 10, 11, 12 years old if, you know, you were starting to learn how to cuss well. So I put those things in my journal. I wrote all about the the boy down the street. I wrote about my my 
fears. I wrote about my questions from my parents. I wrote anything at all. And I'll tell you, it taught me to trust myself. And this is why writing in a journal is my number one secret. Because through all of the things I've gone through, through all of the things that have scared me, I can tell you there have been moments where I wasn't sure if I could trust myself. I wasn't sure if I would be able to weather the journey in front of me. But when I would stop and take myself to my journal, I would regain my faith. And there were times when it would only be for a moment or for a day or for a few days before I'd have to come back and be honest again and share what was on my mind. But let me tell you, I really feel like when people say to me, you're very insightful, Debbie, or you're very intuitive, Debbie, what I really think they're doing is they're crediting the time that I've given to my journal. I, I don't think I was born that way. I think I developed the idea that listening to myself mattered. And by having a journal, I have listened to myself now for 43 dang years. And let me tell you, I have gone through some really, really happy times, but I have also trudged through some very deep trenches and through some that I didn't expect to get through. But through most of it, I trusted myself. I trusted that I would find the voice that would lead me through. And for some, it's hard to hear, but it was usually a voice that came through me. I don't know that it was my own voice. I think it was just an open channel to the highest voice that was welcomed to work her way through me and have her way with me when I wasn't quite sure how to lead myself. In a 12-step program called Al-Anon that I participate in, we call that the higher power. And it's this recognition that while you're learning to be your best, you can believe in something that is big and great and, and knows possibly more than you do in the moment. But a great way to tap into her, to know what the higher power wants to say, at least for me, has been through journal writing. So let's start there. I welcome you to pick up the phone and give me a call. Maybe you have a journal. Maybe you have gleaned something wonderful, a great tip for our listening audience about having a great life or a great writer's life because you have a journal. Or maybe there's something else on your mind. Please feel free to give a call. The number is one 298 5569 Ooh, Eric, I think I... Oh, no, it's just a little light in my eye. I was getting excited. Okay, there's still open lines. You can call. We're going to take a break in just a second here. And when we come back, we are going to address the question sent in by Noah. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
sarcoma. Odds are you've never heard that word before. But for the 40 people diagnosed with sarcoma every day, it is a life-changing word. Life-changing and devastating because sarcoma is cancer. Sarcoma is a cancer of bone and soft tissue more prevalent in children than in adults. More than 6,000 people lose their lives to sarcoma each year. Treatment options for sarcoma are limited and new therapies are desperately needed. More research and increased awareness is necessary to find a cure for a cancer that you probably didn't even know existed until now. Through awareness, advocacy, and research, the Sarcoma Foundation of America is determined to help those affected by this forgotten cancer, to bring hope to the children and adults whose lives are forever changed by a word they had never heard before. Please help us in the fight to find the cure for sarcoma. For more information on sarcoma and the work of the Sarcoma Foundation of America, please go to curesarcoma.org. Every winter, up to 20 million tons of salt are applied to U.S. roads. Road salt can keep drivers safe. But when too much salt is applied on roads, it can pollute streams, kill fish, and increase salt levels in our drinking water. The good news is we can protect water quality and keep drivers safe. You can help. Join the Isaac Walton League's Winter Salt Watch to receive a free stream test kit. Then, simply dip the test strip in your stream to measure the salt level. Use your smartphone to share your results on the Winter Salt Watch map. If the salt levels in your stream are too high, the Isaac Walton League can share ways other communities are reducing salt usage. Ask for your free test kit today. To get yours, go to saltwatch.org. That's saltwatch.org. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. And today I am taking your calls, taking your emails, taking your texts, and we're talking about the idea that your great life begins with some of your best writing tips. You don't have to necessarily be writing every single day, but you know what? I'd encourage you to write something every single day even if it's a sentence. Wasn't it Ernest Hemingway? My coach recently reminded me of this. Ernest Hemingway said, make sure you write your truest sentence. Oh, Ernest Hemingway, I hope I said that right. Make sure you write your truest sentence. In other words, don't be bogged down to crank out a book in a day. (laughs) kind of unrealistic. Don't be bogged down to get 10 pages written, but if it suits you, if it suits you to really know yourself, and I'm sure it does, just get that one true sentence of your day down. Think of all those people you can go to on uh, Google. You can Google great quotes. What was their honest sentence? Here's one from Joseph Campbell, Follow Your Bliss. He's my huge mentor when I'm teaching the hero's journey. He was the creator of the idea of the hero's journey, and it is the format you will see in so many books and in so many films because it it takes characters through 
the entire challenge and the transformation of coming back to who they really are. Here's a quote I love to be reminded of. This is one true honest sentence. Follow your bliss and the universe will open doors for you where there were only walls. Follow your bliss and the universe will open doors for you where there were only walls. You can kind of imagine that being, right? You're staring at a wall and it's one maybe you've stared at before, but in your dream, it's outlined and that that wall becomes the shape of a door with a doorknob on it, and you can go through. Your life is sort of like that. We place these blocks or these walls between ourselves, and anything we think is not necessarily safe. And what we do is we start to feel that enclosure and that fear that we're stuck here. But it is really up to us to find that great sense of curiosity again and creativity again so that we can once again be in an open situation and, and really love what it is that wants to be expressed. I'm so excited that I had a green light for a second there. Eric, is someone calling to talk to me? Just a robot, unfortunately. (laughs) It was a robot. A robot wants to follow his bliss. Well, you can move along, robot. It's okay. Another way that you can really, really stay connected to your truest self, if you're a writer and... You, you want a great tip for a good day, I want to offer you this. Leave some of your writing unedited for a while. Just let yourself feel free to write and walk away. And just let it be. Now, of course, you can put it in your, your safe, well-locked, tucked away, hidden journal, But really, this is not so much an advice of how to keep your things safe from others, but how to keep things safe from your critical mind. Let yourself do some writing and let it just be. Unedited, unscribbled, unread-penned, unhighlighted, unmessed with. Because there's a layer in you that thought it necessary to write that. If you allow it to sort of sink into the page and come back, if it wasn't exactly what you wanted to say, editing will be much easier. It's when we try to force the editing, when we try to come up with that one perfect word now, that things don't work out as well. It's when we bring that rush to our writing that we can't bear the idea that this might not be exactly how I wanted it to be said. Well, yeah, don't you ever get dressed sometimes and then think, nah, I'm not going to wear these shoes, I'm going to wear that pair. You just change your mind, right? Or you put on a coat and you think, nah, 
I'm too hot in this. I want to wear something a little lighter. You change your mind. You go with what feels more real to you. But you first tried on that heavy coat. You walked around a minute before you decided, now I want the lighter one. And writing's the same. And you learn to trust that voice again. I'm going to come back to tip number one. When you have a journal and when you're used to seeing and hearing and exploring your ideas with a journal. All right, we're going to take a little look at what Noah has to say. I've got Noah here, and he says he is from Leshy, Washington. He says, thanks for your newsletter. I thought this show might be aimed for women, but I am relating to it, so here goes. I am an entrepreneur, and I really want to give my business a boost. I have a feeling business is slow because people have taxes to pay right now. With time on my hands, this could be a great time to get started on a book that supports my brand and generates more publicity for my business. I have always dreamed of being a published author, but I'm not much of a writer. Where do you suggest I begin? Mm. Okay. So let me just review here. So business is a little slow right now. You're thinking, did you tell me what kind of business you have? No. Okay. So you got a little time on your hands. Could be a great time to get started on a book that supports your brand, generates publicity, You've always dreamed of being published, but you're not much of a writer. Mm. Where should you begin? Well, you're bringing up a lot of thoughts for me, Noah. Uh, a, I happen to know where Leshai is. I know that you have, you can probably see the water from where you are. So take a look at that water. It always works for me to look at the water and start to hear my voice again. And here's some questions you can bring while you are enjoying the view. I, I love the idea that you want to boost your brand. Um, why is it you've always dreamt of being an author if you're not necessarily connected to writing? I find that interesting. Like... Uh, you know, most people that drive really, really well uh, dream of being race car drivers. But people that are afraid to drive, they don't really have that dream. Um, so, so what's behind the dream of being an author? Uh, and let me just take a stab at it since I don't have you here in front of me. Is it, does it go back to what you said in the beginning? that you want to boost your brand, that you want to drive attention to your business. And if it does, I, I can tell you that writing a book is a great way to go. But I can also tell you that you're going to want to have a relationship with writing. So if you're not really accustomed to writing, you might want to think about a particular amount of time that you would be willing to commit. And you're definitely going to want to think about someone that is 
very well versed in writing that can lead you. So what kind of time frame are you thinking of? Um, you said taxes. Does that mean that, hmm, you couldn't possibly be working with taxes because now is a heavy tax season, so that's not your business. But maybe your business somehow relies on people having a little gush of money that they bring to you, maybe a windfall and that. Yeah, I'm very curious. So what what I want to suggest is think about what kind of time frame do you have to commit? Do you have a week? Do you have 60 days? Do you have 90 days? Do you have half a year? And who might you look up? Who's for hire that you could trust? Because it's really important to get in touch with what this dream is going to do for you. So I'm going to go on the idea that you want to drive attention to your business. So you want to get really involved in not just on paper what your business is about, but how you want people to interact with you and your business and what you really have on offer. So my suggestion to you as your writing coach for a moment is just get out a piece of paper and I want you to list eight things that your business has to offer. And then I want you, and it can just be one sentence for each thing, And then I want you to think about how is it that you offer it and what is it that you want to say to entice people to choose yours over someone else's. And here we never put down anyone else's business. Or if you work with me, you never do it. I don't like that. I don't like that approach. You know, that my, um, let's think of a business. Uh, my, uh, my auto repair shop is better than the guy down the street because we do X and Y and Z. And my photography studio is better than the girl in the next state because A and B and C. I don't really like that. I really like focusing on what you do and what you do well and why you love it. So do you have eight things? If you have eight you got eight chapters. If you got three things, can you divide all three things into three parts? If you got three things and you can divide them into three parts, well, they could actually become nine chapters. But don't worry about that yet. Worry about, well, don't even worry. Just start writing. Just start putting these ideas down and see how might that serve you? No, I want to thank you for your question. And if I can serve you on a one-on-one basis, I want to encourage you to go over to my website. And that's www.coachdebbie.com. And that's D-E-B-B-Y. You can click on connect and fill out a little, little survey. And we'll figure out how to take that a little bit further. I love the idea of promoting your business by way of writing. And I do work with a lot of people that do that. 
the first book I edited um, as a, a beginning, middle, and end full manuscript uh, was for my my love at the time, and I really wanted to honor him and his journey and how he had really come to understand that alcohol addiction had taught him so much, but had also sent him down an incredible spiritual path of transition where he came to understand six very key life mastery tools. And he and I did a radio show together called Life Mastery Radio for seven years. And when he was writing his book, one thing I noticed was that he was very in touch with the spiritual principles that mattered most to him, but he wasn't necessarily telling his story, his challenges, his triumphs. And I wanted to see that in his book. So we sat down together, and we got to work on that part of the story. And I organized the book to really highlight that there was a part one and there was a part two to that story that were extremely significant. Now, when you're working on your own story and you're thinking about publicizing and promoting your own brand, I want you to remember not to leave out your story as a human being, your transformation that helps you be a better business owner. It could even be going on right now, but it's quite possible that it already happened and it helped inform you to understand what kind of a business you wanted to have. Think about that. How did your challenges in life help you design and structure the business that you have? For those of you that aren't an entrepreneur, how have the structures and the challenges of your life helped you make life-changing decisions? I have a friend who at age 41 said, hang on, I'm going to have a baby after all. Because all of a sudden, she felt very confident and ready. But up until then, she was like, nah, it's not for me. It's not my path. Fortunately, nature worked on her side. And at 42, she gave birth to a very healthy, lively, beautiful baby. But it could have gotten by her. She went through a lot of trials and a lot of triumphs that helped her understand this was a very important part of her journey. But I'll tell you, first, she had to leave the U.S. Next, she had to teach in a foreign language. Next, she had to endure losing some of those students due to an earthquake. Next, she had to start writing. Next, she had to make her way home. And finally, she found the call to have a baby. And it's a beautiful, beautiful story. And if I can have my way with her, I'm going to get her to write that thing because it's incredible. 
and it will change lives. And my guess is the book inside of you and the reason that you're sitting down today wanting some great tips is because you're going through something big. It doesn't have to be as big as leaving the country, but it's big to you. And if it's big to you, it's big to others. It's big to your readers. Every single Thursday at 4 o'clock, I come on and share with you my thoughts and ideas about sharing your story and really being expressive. We take two breaks, and we are facing our second break right here. So stay tuned. We will be right back. If you talk and they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. So talk, they hear you. You can do it if you try. Did you know as many as 15 million Americans have been diagnosed with COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease? Sadly, COPD is the third most common cause of death in the United States. Hi, I'm Representative Cindy Rhee from Washington. As many as 12 million adults may have COPD and not know it. COPD could include wheezing, cough, chest tightness, and shortness of breath, and it can vary from day to day. COPD is a disease that can worsen over time, and patients may experience flare-ups. Flare-ups can increase shortness of breath and uncontrollable coughing and may lead to hospitalization or even death. While COPD is not curable, there are treatments available to help you breathe better and prevent flare-ups. If you or a loved one has COPD, please talk with your doctor to create an action plan that fits your lifestyle. For more information, please visit womeningovernment.org. Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. I am based here in the Seattle area, and you are listening to KKNW 1150 AM. If you're catching the replay... We offer that at Podcast One, and that's all one word, Podcast One, where you can subscribe. And, of course, on iTunes, just follow my lovely, beautiful, happy purple icon. And that was created by Alexis at Royalty Rush. If you want to know more about her, I can only say awesome things Get in touch with me, and I will make the two of you connect. Just a quick announcement for our sponsor, 
Just Better is a product that is going to help you feel a whole lot better. It's called Just Better. It was designed by a nutritionist here in Seattle, Washington, that just gets your tummy feeling really nice and calm. I've been taking Just Better for about a month now, and I'll tell you this. I used to have these little grumbles before the show. My stomach would just feel full of little butterflies. And, you know, while you might think that's funny, I didn't. And so I started taking just a little tiny teaspoon of Just Better and no little grumbles. I just feel good. And it'll do the same for you and so much more. Just Better is a product that helps you slim down, helps your whole internal system be happy. So I want to thank Kristen Hirano for being my sponsor and for your product that serves the world, thanks to Amazon, not just the Seattle area, just better. We are here today talking about great tips that support your writing life, let alone your wonderful day. And we've been talking about journaling. I've been promoting the idea that the hero's journey, which is a a theme that I taught for a number of years at the colleges, really helped me stick to a structure that also supported students along their own path. It helped them see we were doing a lot more than just writing together. We were kind of mapping out their life, whether they were looking closely at their career or they were focused a lot on their family or they were thinking a lot about friends or even if they were just thinking about the the next version of Xbox they wanted to buy. When you think about your life as something heroic, you start thinking in a bigger way. You start making more impact for yourself. And this is probably why my number one recommendation to anyone that wants to write is start by keeping a journal. And notice how dedicated you become to that journal. As we said earlier, Ernest Hemingway said, you'll only need one true sentence. That's all you have to write. It doesn't have to be brilliant. It doesn't have to be better than your next door neighbors. And as my coach, Robert Holden, reminds me, your inner critic has never been published. Nope. Do you know how relieved I was when I heard that? I mean, my inner critic can sit on my shoulders and just wear them down. But when I think about the idea that that egoic part of me, that inner critic that's going, don't write that, get rid of that. No, save that for later. Oh, geez, you've said that before. When I think about that part of me, she's never been published. Not one article, not once. So get a journal. And if you want, I'll send you one. And I'll send you one with a nice little dedication. All you got to do is let me know that you subscribe to my show on iTunes. And I'll get that right in the mail to you. Let's take another question. We've got Lindsay from West Seattle. West Seattle, that's where I'm at. We should connect, Lindsay. Lindsay writes in and says, 
I have journaled since I was in high school. I'm 33 now. Sometimes I read over the pages and see that I'm growing in ways. I always thought these pages had to be kept private. But really, some of it's good, if I do say so. Do you think my writing from my journal could be a blog if I did some editing? Could I send you some examples? Ah, good. Okay, so the idea of writing in your journal, can it become your blog? Mm. Uh, I got a couple ideas around that. Uh, first of all, Lindsay, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to write in. Uh, idea number one is that you want you want to be careful. So I'm not against the idea, Lindsay. I'm not against it at all. But what I want to suggest is that, first of all, you think about what your blog is up to. You know what your journal's up to. It's that safe place to go. Uh, so what's your blog up to? Is it something that you use for your business? Is it something for fun? Uh, I, once, I once wanted to have a foodie blog, and I'm no trained chef, but, you know, I've dabbled plenty in the kitchen. I've, I've cooked probably 100 good meals in my lifetime. So there was a time when I thought maybe I would be a, a foodie blogger. It didn't happen. But I did have some ideas and some stories in my journal that could have supplemented recipes. They weren't too all private to just keep to myself. The, the thing I want to steer you away from, Lindsay and others, um, and this is just my advice, that you don't verbatim turn that journal into a blog. So let's say you're looking at the journal and you're thinking, wow, I got, I got 300 pages of writing here. Um, that's wonderful. But, but it, it, it's also yours. I mean, this is your heart. So be thoughtful about what you share. And then share generously. So keep in mind, if your mama read it, would that work out for you? If your first boyfriend read it, is that okay? Uh, I don't know if you're married. If your husband reads it, is it all right? Um, you can always protect your children from it. <laughs> but is it okay? Oh, what about Aunt Rosie? You know, is it all right if she stumbles on that blog? The only reason I bring this up is because while it's true you're writing for your audience, it's also true that once it's public, it's public, okay? So just be, just be so thoughtful to Lindsay. When we are writing a book and when we know we are writing a book, we are thinking about our audience. When we're writing a journal, we're thinking about safety. 
we're connecting to our voice. Sometimes we're connecting to a higher power. Sometimes we're we're channeling that place where we know we can complain deeply. I just want you to feel safe, even though it's really vogue to say whatever's on your mind. I want you to feel safe with it being in the world. So just think about this. This is my final bit for you, that that relationship with your journal is safe. The relationship you have with your blog requires some armor. And you're right. It does require some editing. It will. Uh, can you send me your examples? Start, start by going to my website, www.coachdebbie.com. Click on connect and let, we can talk about that. But talk to your inner self as well. And make sure that whatever it is you want to share is what you feel belongs on a blog because it started in a journal. That said, many of us that write journals are not journaling to be private. But I just want to make sure that I I noticed, what did you say in the very beginning? You started in high school. So often that's, that's just, those are tender years. So be respectful to that journal and, and honor that, that what you want to bring to a blog, you can bring to a blog, but really be thoughtful to yourself because once it's public, it's public. Yeah. Okay. Let me see here if I've got anyone else on Facebook writing in. I don't. Okay. So I'm going to go back to my little list here. Just take a look. I want to encourage you, if you're trying to have a great day and you're a writer or you're even thinking about being a writer, I want to encourage you about being really honest with yourself when you write. So you know that a lot of this won't be written because it's something you tuck away into the corner of your desk or the safe pages of your your journal. But what if really your goal is to be published? You might be kind of like Lindsay who just wrote in. You might be thinking, God, I've produced all these pages and I'm feeling more comfortable about sharing them. If that's you, I want you to think about what then will be your relationship to publishing. Is it to be known? Is it to be big? Is it to share a message that you just don't want to keep to yourself anymore? Is it because you went through something so profound that you feel like if you were to share it, humanity would be reshaped? Because it will. That's how it works. Think about why publishing matters to you. There's really no good or bad, right or wrong answer here, but it, it will help encourage you to be really 
honest in that voice. So let me give you an example here, and we've only got a few minutes left. If, if you're wanting to write and be published, and your published piece is working for your publicity, then what you want to show to the world is the real you. It's not the uh, keeping up with the Jones version of you. And I say this because when your book goes out there and it gets in people's hands, they remember bits of it that you won't. You'll be up on stage promoting. You'll be walking around in your world and someone will stop you and say, I loved it when you said... Or they'll say, oh, what did you mean when you said? Or they'll say, can you explain to me how I can do what you said? And if you weren't really connected to you, to your truest self, you're not going to be able to serve them. And my guess is that's really your goal. The people that write to impress their friends, impress their neighbors. Uh, They're they're not always in it for the best reasons. Good reasons, but not the best reasons. They have a real hard time when the publicity begins. They get caught off guard. And I've had more than one person come running back to me and share that it was not their best moment. And it comes back to not being their real self. So I'm going to leave this show and leave this thought. Be honest. Journal. Write. Share it. And if you need some help, look me up. I'd be happy to work with you. I'm Coach Debbie, and this is Story You Talk Radio. I'm here every Thursday at 4 o'clock. And I'm always happy to hear from you. Until then, namaste, my friends.